Welcome everybody to Haven of Horror. Uh, we are finally discussing Friday the 13th Part 4. The long delayed but much anticipated review of yep. my favorite of the first, what I call half of the series. Uh, Doolittle, I just have one question. Yes. Where the hell's the corkscrew? <laughs> well, uh, Crispin Glover found the answer to that one. He did. That that might be my favorite kill in this movie. Oh, um, well, that, that's fair. I have another one, um, but that one's pretty good. Okay, so now now I'm curious. Where is your, what is yours? It's the harpoon in the dick. Oh yeah, that one makes me wince every time. It's just it's so like whoa! Like I can't believe they did that. You know, this movie is brutal. Yeah, it goes to places. Uh, and I think that's helped because the director, they got like a slasher guy to make this. Um, mm-hmm. And it shows instantly, I think, at the beginning. Because in part three, the beginning had this kind of fun opening credits, kind of like a pop. Like, oh, you know, we're here to have have a good time and not really do much. But this one, like, the credits are more serious. They set the atmosphere. And, like, you can instantly tell, oh, you know, this is this is different. Yeah. Um, for note, this is directed by Joseph Zito, uh, who is most famous for, before this, directing a movie called The Prowler, which I also need to see, because that also has Tom Savini doing effects, which is how they got Savini for this movie, and boy, does it show after part three. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, the effects in this movie look much, much better. It's unfortunate that this movie was subject to censorship, because I guess there's some stuff on the cutting room floor, but... I didn't really care. Like, I know about that, obviously, but it didn't really affect anything. Um, uh, Savini always pulls out all the stops and does a great job. I also have a funny story about the Prowler, uh, but we can get to that some other time. Okay. Uh, Yes, this movie was hacked to pieces, uh, like most most of these films. And it's it's a two-way street, because at the same, at one hand, you know, I do want to see the full Savini effect. Um, but Jay from Red Letter Media made this point is it kind of helps with the suspense because yeah. the kill is just like done and you're just like, oh God, that looks painful. Um, that's true. But the interesting thing is that with this movie, part of the reason they're so edited is because they kept having to sacrifice footage for the kills to maintain most of uh, Jason's death at the end. It was kind of a compromise with the MPAA. Oh, well, you know what? Uh, it's a fair trade. Because that that final uh, shot of him sliding down the machete is incredible. Yeah, I, I, I could not believe what I was seeing. I was <laughs> like, oh, that I, that actually did make me cringe. I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know? Yeah, because it like um, goes right through his eyeball and he just slides down. And you can hear it too, you know? It's like, whoa. Yeah. But just to rewind uh, back to the beginning of the movie, because the beginning also has some of my favorite stuff. Uh, This picks up right after part three. You know, we get confirmation Jason killed like 20 people in the last couple movies, or just in the last movie, I'm not sure which. Uh, And then he's taken to a coroner's office, and this might be the sleaziest coroner ever put to film. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) because his introduction is, oh, she's still cute. You know, you just put some makeup or something on her Mm -hmm. (laughs) to a corpse. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's some definitely some like definitely some exploitative stuff going on there. <laughs> yeah. Uh and then he lets out and then in a couple scenes later, you know, he's trying to hook up with the nurse and then Jason's hand falls off the gurney and scares them and he lets out the most b- beautiful line of expletives I've ever seen in a film. Uh sorry Tarantino. You write good dialogue, but you can't compare it to the coroner guy from Friday the 13th Part 4. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my my favorite line of dialogue from that scene is, he's like, where, where are you going? And she's like, well, I'm going, in, I'm going crazy or something like that. I'm like, wow, this is, <laughs> this is dialogue. Like, this is, this is wonderful, you know? Holy Jesus, jumping Christmas shit. <laughs> Like yeah, no, he gets no. really focused on Christmas. I yeah, you know, like Luke Cage. <laughs> um, but dude, I I I was watching this and I was just like, okay, like I think I think as soon as I got to like that stuff, I was like, okay, this movie's way more sure of itself as identity than the last one for sure. Oh um, yeah, you know, it just it just stays pretty consistently that tone. It's crass. You know, like it's it's abrasive, but it's like hilarious in that, and it's also legitimately cringing. Like, like, like it's also just like whoa, you know. It's a very thrilling movie, you know. There's yeah, a lot of stuff fun about it. Yeah, and the movie instantly shows you that it it's not afraid because the first kill we see in the movie is one of the most brutal things I've ever seen, where Jason just takes this like hacksaw or bone saw. And like twists this dude's neck around it, and it's yeah. like, damn. That was an area where the MPAA definitely did come in to shorten it, and it was probably more effective mm-hmm. in what it was trying to communicate to the audience because it was so sudden and visceral, and you couldn't really, you could, you just couldn't really process it, and that's kind of the the horror of violence like that is that they are on you you really are not able to rationalize it it's it's very effective yeah and th- and this jason cuz obviously this is a different actor from the second the third one which was a yeah. different actor than the second one but but they they're kind of consistent with how he kills uh cuz there's a lot of crushed faces in this movie mm-hmm. and it's always painful looking yeah because the next, the next kill is the nurse, and he just, like... Oh, no, wait, that's where he stabs her with a needle and, like, lifts her with the needle. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you feel about Ted... Uh, the actor's name is Ted White. How do you feel about his take on Jason compared to the other two that you have seen so far? Hmm. <clears throat> well, um, I definitely think that he's a bit more, I guess, established in how I think of Jason mm-hmm. for the most part, um, which is cool. He's a bit more, like, uh, almost, like, super, like, strength, you know? And he, he's a bit more of, a, of like, a brute um, in, in some places, which, which is something that was interesting. Because in the second movie, part two, he's a bit more theatrical and he's a bit more thinking about the logistics of how he's going to go about stuff and 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 all that. And in the third movie, uh, 
it's 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 not as established you know uh, in this movie i i definitely get the sense that this is a like a tank <clears throat> and i think that a lot of that is because of the actor and the way that he kind of carries jason uh, i would agree with that i think that this is this in part six are what people think of when they think of friday the 13th and jason Voorhees. i, I agree this is this is very much the building blocks that six would build on later to where we finally get like a myth out of this this guy that goes around killing people but even this movie uh because this opens up with a, another recap but this time with the first three movies um and i used to be annoyed by that but watching it this time i was like you know what i actually kind of like that because it makes this whole thing feel like a campfire story yeah which makes sense because it's at a camp, you know, mm-hmm. and Jason just kind of has that reputation around this area. Um, so that's that's all pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so did want to just mention as well that Ted White, uh, who played Jason in this movie, had uh, uncredited stuntman roles in Planet of the Apes, Soylent Green and Escape from New York. Oh, that's awesome! Well, I'm a I'm a big fan of that uh, first Planet of the Apes movie. I haven't seen uh, the other movies in that original series, but uh, that's cool that he was in that first movie. I'm a big fan of that movie. Yeah, and it, like he'd worked with John Wayne and stuff. And I think what really gives him the tank in this in this movie, or that feeling of being a tank, is the scene I always go to is when during the final chase, uh, he's chasing Tommy and Tommy's sister. I can never remember her name, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but like they lock him out and he just bursts through the fucking door like the Kool-Aid man. Oh my god, yeah. It's like holy shit, dude. Yeah. Like nothing is gonna stop this guy. Yeah, that scene and, and um the shower kill scene, um, where he just like goes right in there, it's like, whoa, you know, like it takes you like like a back, you know. Yeah, and it's like that's the that's the scene I was thinking of is building off of part three where he just, like, crushes that dude's face with his hand, and, like, you can yeah. hear body parts crunching. It's, it's like crazy. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, so, two things that people will always remember from this movie, I think even if they haven't seen it, it's probably in pop culture enough, is A, Crispin Glover's in this movie. Okay. Uh, and I think he might be the best of the teenagers in this movie. Uh, Acting-wise... I'm not I think sure. He's definitely, he's definitely the most charismatic, uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So I'm dying to ask, how did you feel about the dance scene? Oh, well, I, I had already known about the dance scene. Um, oh, okay. And I'd seen it. So I was, I was that, that was, uh, I think, the thing that really made me excited to see it. And seeing it in context is even better. You know, because <laughs> he's just like going off, and it's it's such a show. It's great, um, and I think I think knowing that that's supposed to be ACDC in the background is also really funny. Because like, I can't imagine anybody dancing like that to ACDC music. It's just such a very specific dance he's doing. You know what I mean? Like it's it's so it's just so weird, but it's so funny. You know, it's it's great. Yeah, and and I think what helps with the teenagers in this movie is they put a little more effort into, like, everybody has kind of a relationship with someone else. Oh, sure, um, yeah. In, in two and... two, Not two as much, but especially in three, 
They didn't even try. Like, I don't know. Are these people friends? Like, why is Cheech and Chong friends with, like, this preppy kid from college or whatever? You know? Well, so, especially because, like, in those days, uh, I think that the idea is that, like, hippies and nerds were more acquainted with each other than, like, preppy people and, and hippies. Or, like, you know, stuff like that, you know? Yeah. So the other thing that came out of this movie being really big is Corey Feldman as Tommy Jarvis. Uh, and Tommy would, of course, be in the next two movies. Not really played by Corey Feldman because of scheduling issues. But what's insane to me, looking at Tom uh, Corey Feldman's filmography, so he's yeah. in this and Gremlins the same year. And then the next year he's in The Goonies. Whoa. Uh, and then over the next few years, he'd also be in Stand By Me and The Lost Boys. Like, within three years, he's in all of those movies. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but most of, I, I, I like most of those movies, too. Um, you know, I got to go back and watch The Goonies yeah. again because it's been a while. And, you know, I'm a different person now, so I'm, I'm sure I'd, I'd like it a lot more now. Oh, um, absolutely. But, yeah. So how do you feel about him in this movie? Because I think he is he is surprisingly good, and it is a daring choice to have, I don't want to say final girl, but I guess final boy be like hmm. a 10-year-old. Well, I guess it's kind of, um, I think it's like thematically important with Jason, right? Because Jason is still kind of like that victimized little boy um all the way through and that's kind of the myth of the character is that he is this little boy who's angry and 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 frustrated with uh people who you know were trespassing uh morals and in doing so um or morals in his eyes and 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 you know, like there, you know what I mean, and 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 as a consequence, he you know was drowned and like died a horrible death. I think thematically to have a little boy come in and kind of end the myth, you know, kind of comes a little bit like full circle. It's kind of like that proof that like I don't know, like there 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 is something to that, and I I, I think that that is pretty, it's pretty like risky. For sure, because I could go south in like a number of different ways, but I think I thought it was surprisingly pretty effective. And you know, I'm not trying to like deep, like do a deep like analysis of Friday the Thirteenth, but stuff like that, I, I just couldn't help but think about that. Yeah, and it's hard to tell how much of this is intentional, but I agree with you that they purposefully picked a young boy who is a social, uh, socially awkward, you know, yeah. kind of an outcast, and he likes to look deformed. By putting on these masks, um, which is also just an excuse to put a bunch of Tom Savini creations in the movie, but, um, and I think I think that they they knew that there was something there. They may not have been smart enough to fully capitalize on it, but like they they know what they're doing when he shaves his head to look more like Jason or what he thinks Jason yeah. looks like, and it works. Yeah, no, it it's it's pretty it's it's uh pretty chilling uh to an extent i mean i because i had uh i had also known about that aspect of it before watching the movie and i was like oh that's a little bit upsetting to look at 
you know, uh, this kid who looks very uh, disturbed. And once you see it in context, it makes a lot more sense uh, what they're trying to go for with that. Mm-hmm. And that final shot of him hugging his sister is haunting. Oh, yeah. Because the plan yeah, was it, for him to be the next Jason. Yeah, uh, which again, you know, going full circle, now we're doing that stuff uh, with him going forward, I guess, was the idea. And I uh, I I knew that that wouldn't go anywhere, <laughs> you know. Like I I just I just kind of knew that watching that, but it doesn't doesn't really lose anything in the moment, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and and I think it's important that Jason definitively dies in this movie, uh, yeah. and you have to be sure of that because he's quote died at the end of all, both the previous films, uh, but like they make it in so in a way because he is still human in this movie. Even if he doesn't look it. So you have to make sure, oh, you know, you communicate A, that he's human, and B, that he is dead. Um, But my favorite Corey Feldman moment in this movie is a very weird one, because it's when he's in his bedroom, and he looks out the window, and he sees the teenagers next door getting naked, and he starts doing this weird, like, hopping thing on the bed. And it's just so strange. (laughs) I wasn't really. I I had questions about that too. I wasn't really sure what that whole thing was about. I have no idea, but it makes me laugh every time because he looks like he's trying to be a monkey or something. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. That part's pretty funny. Uh, let's see. So we've covered covered the kills. We covered. Um. Oh, the score. Uh, score is excellent. Um. I think it's yeah. pretty similar to more, more of a part two, what, like we mentioned with the opening credits. Part three had more of a techno electronic sound, uh, whereas this is back to old school orchestra, you know, shrill jump scares. Yeah, and and it sets an atmosphere that I I miss from from horror films. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Uh, it's uh it's definitely what i think of i get uh, you know again this is like what i think of when i think of friday the 13th movies so that score it's good that they kind of went back to that if they're gonna they're gonna finish off the the movies yeah exactly um the other thing that makes me laugh is how many windows get broken in this movie (laughs) that's true yeah and especially the one where the dog just says fuck this and jumps out of the movie that's awesome. He's like, I ain't sticking around here. I also thought that shot was just cool in general. I, I love that the dog um, jumps out of the window and is just like, nope, I'm out of here. But the actual shot itself is actually like pretty well composited, which is cool. Yeah, and they really want you to know because they like slow down, slow it down so you see it. <laughs> There's great. a couple slow down moments in this movie. Yeah. Um. So... We mentioned, I mentioned earlier that Jason doesn't look human. How do you feel about his design here? Is it borderline too monstrous for a guy that's supposed to be still a human? <clears throat> um, I mean, this is a heightened universe, right? So, like, I can I can buy it based on the rules of its universe. Uh, so I didn't really mind it. Okay. Um, yeah. I like it quite a bit, especially for reading into it probably a little too deep, is at this point he's more monster than man. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, and then That's I guess... Cool to have that. 
No, go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. No, I had a different point for something else, but I want to hear what she's going to say. Oh, okay, okay. I was just going to say, I mean, it, it, they're kind of <clears throat> make, making that more apparent by just the design, you know, because that, that's obviously the kind of status quo of that. Um, but they're just kind of making that more apparent by literalizing that in, in just the design of the face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the the last thing I really have on the uh, that I wanted to talk about is the other thing that makes me laugh from this movie, and that is the guy hunting Jason. Because mm-hmm. uh, a else it makes no sense when you think about the context of the way these movies are written. Because if you go by the the movie logic, part two happened like two days ago, but he already has full news articles and reports on his sister's friends and Jason. But that's like, whatever, you know, it's just, it's something, an excuse to do something cool. It just makes me laugh. What really makes me laugh, and I kind of wish wasn't in the movie, is his death scene. Because he just keeps screaming, he's killing me, he's killing me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And apparently that is based on a, like, real testimony that somebody gave that, like, their friend was dying, and that was his dying words, it's killing me. Oh, okay. But it's also like... Yeah, I don't know if I needed that in this movie. Oh, like it being that real world? No, just like... I don't buy that this guy that kills everybody else before they can react suddenly slows down to hack this guy up enough that he can scream, he's killing me, he's killing me. Oh, so you feel like it just isn't like efficient enough? (laughs) Yeah, Jason is an efficient killer. I think. I mean, he's a bit more brutal, but you're right. I mean, he he is um, a bit more blunt about it. That's, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't ruin the movie or anything for me, but I'm like, yeah, that might be a step too far. Just just a tiny step. Uh, That's but, fair. but overall, so I separate these films into two halves almost. So you got the first half, which is the, like, human Jason saga that ends here. And this is my favorite of those. And then the zombie saga is 6 through 10, and 5 is kind of in this weird place because it's not really Jason. Spoiler alert. Um, uh, I already know that about it. Um, but yeah, this is definitely my favorite of the first four. Uh, and I think this is this is the creative team of the people who make these movies firing on all cylinders and doing what Nightmare on Elm Street tried to do with part 6 in that franchise correctly, which is you know, this might be our last one. We're going to give him, like, the best send-off we can. Yeah. And then they made six more, but that's beside the point. <laughs> well, it definitely feels <laughs> like a swan song, you know? Yeah, yeah. Especially, when, you know, you got the recap at the beginning. Uh, you've got a Jason that's deadlier than ever. Like, as much as I love the later movies where they stop caring and it's just, ah, he's a zombie now, he can do whatever. Uh... I do appreciate an attempt. Like, if you didn't, if you wanted to, you could just stop right here and not watch it anymore. Yeah, I think you could stop here. I also think you can begin here. You know, to Mm -hmm. to an extent, I feel like you could begin here, and you already have you have the information in the beginning, um, and then you can kind of carry on, and it's just like a self-contained like piece. You know. Um, Now, with that said, though, 
I do recommend all these movies. I'm actually very happy I got to see um, all these movies myself, uh, just to have like a good sense of the slasher kind of canon. Um, but if you just kind of, I guess, like a good recommendation for people who just kind of want to get into what they know about Friday the 13th, I feel like this is the one to go to first. This and six are the two that I always recommend. Yeah, and six I haven't seen. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, six is a bit more comedic, uh, but but it's comedic without Jason ever being the joke. Sure. Well, Doolittle, I'm gonna give this one a four. I think this I think this deserves title of one of the best like full on slasher films ever made. I agree. I think I think it's up there for sure. Um, and I I think I will give it a four as well. It's a pretty good movie. Hell yeah. We'll do a little. Uh, next week, we will cap off these reviews with the remake, since you've now seen the first four. Uh, yep. Just to get your thoughts after having seen the first four, which the remake, of course, uh, combines into one film quite well, I think. But we'll see how it holds up. It's been about a year since I've revisited. Yeah, well, sure. uh, this was a lot of fun, and we will see you guys next week with the Friday the 13th remake review. <clears throat> yep, have a great uh, day, guys. Have a great, have a great one.